0: The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Roads Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Trip Talk is brought to you by our good friends at Sabre. Did you know that there are 38,000 carjackings and 6 million car accidents occurring each year in the U.S.? Now you can protect yourself and your family with Sabre's new Safe Escape automotive tool. The only three-in-one car tool of its kind, the Safe Escape features a seatbelt cutter, a stainless steel glass breaker, and Sabre's maximum strength pepper gel. Protect yourself and your family with the new Safe Escape from Sabre. Available now on SabreRed.com. I'm going to spell that out for you. That's S-A-B. R-E-R-E-D dot Use the offer code AmericanRoad to receive 20% off your purchase. So glad to have you with us today on Trip Talk. We have a gentleman who is an artist. He is more than an aficionado, what an aficionado would look up to when it comes to the mother road of Route 66. And, oh, the stories he can tell going back to his childhood I am talking about Jerry McClanahan and along Route 66, particularly in Oklahoma, where he maintains a beautiful gallery of his artwork, Jerry McClanahan is well known and celebrated. He feels a kinship with those roadside entrepreneurs who stake their lives on two lanes of pavement and a steady stream of traffic. Behind the brightly lit facades are the people and their stories. They make their presence known in his artwork, sometimes in a subliminal shape, glimpsed through a window, other times posing proudly along the road. I have visited, he says, with many of these business people through the years, and he notes that we, they all share a dependency on the old highway, the mother road, and a love for simpler times not too far past. We're very happy to welcome Jerry McClanahan to the show today. Jerry, thanks so much for agreeing to come on.
1: Well, Gary, it's my pleasure.
0: Thanks for having me. I would have to say, Jerry, that I I introduce you and I welcome you to the show with a bit of envy because <laughs> I get to talk to a lot of people from a lot of walks in life. And I have to say that the average person does not have a given place, a road, or a, a motif, if you will, in their life that gets into the very essence of who they are that gets into their soul and stays there the way Route 66 has made a home in your soul all these decades.
1: Wow, I just got chills when you said that. That really connected. Yeah, I haven't really thought of it quite like that, but yeah, it has become the main thread of my life. It's a a long thread across the country, but it, it connects me to people all across the world. It's how I met my wife japan it's how i make my living it's where i have my fun. it's all my friends are live on 66 or travel it so it's, it's just amazing yeah
0: i was going to wait until we got closer to the end of our half hour together time flies doing this program but yep. what i will do now jerry is to ask you because it's a fascinating and lovely story how did you meet your bride and when i say bride you're not much past the newlywed stage mister
1: no got married two years ago in January. Uh, I met Mariko because uh, she fell in love with Route 66, and uh, on her first drive, solo drive across Route 66, starting in California, she stopped at the Victorville Route 66 Museum and bought a copy of My Easy Guide. And that was in 2010. So for the next four years, on her travels, you know, across big chunks of Route 66 each year. She would use my book, and I guess my handsome picture on the back cover—you know, won her heart or something like that. Of course. We, and uh, so
0: you celebrate the road together. Do you make the the trip, or any length of it, or all of it together?
1: Yes. In fact, this year, she was able to come over and live here permanently in June. Since then, we have done everything from Chicago to Chandler and from Chandler through San Bernardino we didn't quite make it all the way to the end of Santa Monica this year and that was coverage in depth as many alignments as possible and days where we would be lucky to make 80 miles in one day
0: that is wonderful okay now if we're if we're going to talk about mileage this is great <laughs> because let's go back to Jerry McClanahan's childhood You had big eyes and the soul of an artist. The landscape, as you whizzed by, was fantastic. But in the article, the current issue of American Road Magazine, there's a wonderful interview with you. And in the course of that, you indicate that you wanted to stop and look, but your father had the reputation for being a speed demon.
1: My father didn't want to waste any time along the highway of his, you know, precious vacation. He wanted to drive into Oklahoma and Arkansas to visit, you know, kinfolk, grandparents, cousins, and all that. We would leave our home in Southern California near the San Fernando area, usually like 3 a.m. in the morning, so we could beat the heat across the desert. And most often enough, he would drive straight through. Now, I know this sounds impossible, straight through. Ozark, Arkansas in Southern California without stopping at a motel. It was about, it was over 1600 miles. And in 1960, for instance, I have a little logbook he did where he wrote down his times and he did that in like 28 and a half hours.
0: That is astounding. It really is. If you're determined, you can stay awake, that would have been my concern is dad staying awake.
1: Well, he worked in the oil fields on you know different towers like morning, evening, midnight, and sometimes he had to work all the way around the clock. He was he was kind of used to being awake at all times. But he says he would get there and be a zombie for a few days and just you know just <laughs> want to sit, you know. But you know that's well, that, where I fell in love with Route 66. I'm seeing all this cool stuff, the billboards advertising, see the live snakes, see the groundhogs, see all the cool stuff you could buy, stucky And everything and i'm wanting to stop i'm wanting to see the neon signs i'm wanting him to slow down and most of the times we just zip by the billboards that advertise like the jackrabbit trading post it would say 100 miles 10 miles five miles thousand yards whoa you missed it because yeah we're just we're just going
0: in that regard uh, thank you for bringing that up jerry because it makes it easy for me to drop this into the conversation you uh, you have a painting of this. I just think it's hilarious. And at the same time, my heart goes out to that little boy because I, I know what it is to stop at a train station in Albuquerque when it was the Santa Fe. And we mm-hmm. stopped in Albuquerque, and I went to uh, use the facilities and, of course, needed to wash my hands. And I took off my little Timex Watch that I had suitable Aww. for a teenager. And I uh, set it aside, washed my hands thoroughly, dried them, and got back on the train. The train pulled out of the station. And my mom said, <laughs> Where's your watch? I said, oh. oh, I took it off to wash my hands back at Albuquerque, and I still recall her saying, Well, somebody got themselves a free watch.
1: <laughs> you what say at one point.
0: Wow. Yeah, whatever. yeah, it was a tragedy. like, oh, I really like that watch' You said, I dropped a cap pistol out the window near the Painted Desert, and Dad yeah. wouldn't stop to pick it up. And you managed to paint that moment. This is a hilarious picture in yeah. one way, but it's also something with which every child can relate.
1: Sure. It's not actually my family, but yes, the cap pistol was inspired by my dropping my cap pistol out the window. I remember crying and crying and crying, and I'm sure Dad wished he had stopped and gone back to got it. <laughs> Another year, I had got a little uh, plastic American flag at a hardware store in Ozark, Arkansas. So on the way back, I'm hanging that out the window, and I dropped it. So sometimes I wonder, how come I didn't hang my little brother out the window? you know? <laughs> but well, I, I, looking the- back, I'm glad I didn't. They would have stopped and gone back for him.
0: Yes, they would have. I'm quite sure. It, yeah. When it comes to route 66 and this may be true of route 66 as the mother road as of no other but there are places where you just feel the need to stop in order to be there i'll give you an example and you have a beautiful painting of this as well dotch windsor's painted oh. desert trading yeah. post yeah. gorgeous americana on that canvas and i i look at it and i think let's say that i didn't need to use any facilities i didn't have to get gas i was okay maybe i have more than half a tank in my truck I would still stop there to pick up a curio just to say that I was there.
1: Sure, and that's why people today are stopping at the Jackrabbit Trading Post. These are RTP curios in Tucumcari, these places aren't necessary to stop at in most times, but people must stop at them and really want to, to experience the real Route 66. Little time capsules, and they're very important.
0: That's exactly how I experienced many a vacation with my parents. We didn't make the uh, the, uh, Route 66 pilgrimage, and I'm sorry that we did not. That's something that's just going to be a lost opportunity. I've been uh, seeing bits of it, including where it starts in downtown Chicago in that windy canyon of buildings. That's really an extraordinary experience in its own right. But going through Route 66, you would have your favorite places. This had to be the brainchild, Jerry, of someone. It turns out, mainly one man, a gentleman by the name of Cyrus Avery. You did a pencil portrait of that man. He's known as the father of Route 66. Can you tell us a bit about Mr. Avery?
1: Well, Cyrus Avery was an early booster of the Good Roads Movement that started early in the century. Uh, He was uh, involved in, you know, planning the uh, highway system, you know, to, uh, the American Association of State Highway Officials. He was promoting a road through the middle part of America, which strangely started at Chicago, and did this kind of north-south loop before it occurred to go west. And, of course, he's responsible for going to Oklahoma and for going to Tulsa. And just coincidentally, it went in front of his business on the east side of Tulsa. Now, I'm sure that didn't enter into the, uh, the uh, factoring anywhere there. Of course but, uh, not. <laughs> they uh, there was a there was a quarrel. Uh, originally, Cyrus Avery and the other members of his band wanted it to be named U.S. 60. In fact, I've got a copy of the 1926 Missouri roadmap that has it labeled as U.S. 60. And I'm really glad it didn't get that number because you can imagine, you know, get your kicks on Route 6. The, it just doesn't work, you know. It doesn't work. No, <laughs>
0: that's High, right. It would not
1: have been a, such a famous highway. There's a lot of synergy in that the 66 number. Kentucky, though, wanted the important 60 highway, that important highway, to go through their their state all the way out to the coast. And there was arguments about 60 North and 60 East and this and that. Well, at Springfield, Missouri, at a meeting, Cyrus Avery and Pierponter and others were discussing it and. The point was made, hey, 66 is still available. And they decided that would be a good song for Bobby Trick to write in 1946. So they said, yes, we'll, there was a famous telegram. Yes, we will accept <clears> 366.
0: I <clears throat> love that.
1: That. Was that a pivotal <clears throat> moment in the road history.
0: And it, became, it was pivotal, and it became emblematic of road yeah. travel in North America, and really the particularity available, because you can look at Route 66 on a map, that's one way to appreciate the, the scale, and, and yet there's nothing like experiencing it from place to place. I'd like to get into some of that with you. We sure. need to take a little commercial break, and on the other side of that, Jerry McClanahan going to describe some of his favorite places, some of the places that he has painted and photographed in order to not only preserve, but celebrate the Mother Road, Route 66 itself. Meanwhile, did you know that there are 38,000 carjackings and 6 million car accidents occurring each year in the U.S.? Now you can protect yourself and your family with Sabre's new Safe Escape automotive tool. Sabre, the number one pepper spray brand trusted by police worldwide, offers the only three-in-one car tool of its kind. The Safe Escape features a seat belt cutter to slice through manufactured seat belts in seconds, a stainless steel glass breaker for speedy Escape, and Saber's maximum strength pepper gel with a range of up to 12 feet and 25 bursts per canister. That's one safety tool that helps you escape to safety after a serious accident and helps protect you against dangerous threats you may encounter while driving or walking to or from your vehicle. It's now available at SaberRed.com. That's S-A-B-R-E-R-E-D.com. Use the offer code AmericanRoad and you'll receive 20% off your purchase welcome back to american road trip talk and our conversation with jerry mcclanahan in that theory theater of the mind which radio is we're traveling the mother road route 66 and i was just saying to jerry that it's the particularity that's the best word that i can think of to describe the fact that Every community wanted to strut its stuff, it seems to me, Jerry. They wanted to put something out that was unique so that sure. if you take it as Americana, you can look at it in a general way, but you miss all the fun of stopping along the way to see what each place has to offer.
1: That's right. It was the flavor of all the different areas that you crossed, it wasn't the homogenized. Uh, interstate highway exit with the same fast food restaurants and the same hotel chain. Everything was unique. And as you said, each community strove to kind of have a roadside brand that would make their place stand out a little more. Every little business tried to catch the eye of the public with attractions or signs or themes. It was a very colorful and exciting roadside.
0: All of those roadside attractions, and as you go back, when you think Route 66, where you want to go next or where you've been, which are the ones that stick out most in your mind? Are most of them in Oklahoma? You seem to have settled quite nicely there.
1: Well, uh, I would say my favorites are from childhood are, are from Oklahoma to California, because that's the section that we traveled almost every year during the 60s, but now I have favorites all along the route, it's kind of like asking me, what's my favorite grandchild, you know? It's, uh, <laughs> but, you know, there's there's things that really stick with me. You know, we mentioned earlier the Painted Desert Trading Post and the Jackrabbit. Uh, I think I actually drove by the Painted Desert Trading Post before it closed. I mean, my dad was out, you know, it was probably still there in 1959. Others, okay, the Blue Swallow Motel. I'm looking at a painting I'm finishing now for a couple from New Zealand, but there's three American cars posed in front of the Blue Swallow Motel. That, that is an iconic motel. It it symbolizes the Route 66 and the whole American roadside motel experience. It has the neon, the history. I'm glad that that has been preserved. And so many other places that just really resonate. You go out into, like, Arizona, and you have, like, twin arrows that had the giant arrows in the, in the ground. You have, yes. in California and Arizona, the two wigwam motels with the concrete teepee. And there, the Indians, no Indians for hundreds of miles used a teepee in that area, you know. Really? So they, they were symbolic to the American public of the Indians. Like your your Indian chief headdresses. You know, that was a different—you know, the Navajo and Hopi did not wear those. But you you look at, uh, like, a neon sign I painted of a Indian chief neon head in Gallup. It had the headdress. I mean, it was a shorthand. It was a, vis- a visual uh, symbolism of what your average tourist thought the American West was like.
0: Yes. I can tell you from my own experience that— when a road ages and gets decommissioned it can be a tragic event in a way because i made an overnight trip in just frigid weather And I stopped in Gallup, New Mexico, and I still recall the poverty that I saw, and especially how hard this had hit the indigenous people there. And I just thought there was a glory to this place once, and there are only faint echoes of it remaining, but I'm glad that I got to see it at all. Of course, some of that mood was enhanced by the fact that as I continued on toward Flagstaff—actually, it was just past Flagstaff Mm -hmm. there—I actually saw Halley's Comet. Oh, wow. I never thought I'd live to see it or that with city lights being because I grew up in urban and suburban areas. I thought it just would be too bright for me to see. I didn't own a telescope there. And on my way in the dead of night, there was Halley's Comet. And it was not Mm. that long after I had come out of Gallup, New Mexico. So that's very special to me. And that's exactly what I'm getting at, Jerry. People will have their memories and it's this. Time, it's this little time capsule of what they were able to experience on a road that defined much of America for seven decades. But that takes me to my next question. Now, your dad was known as a speed demon. He wanted to get where he wanted to go quick there. But in 1981, you had a different idea, and you got to travel it one more time with your father. Tell us about that.
1: Well, uh, I wanted to go back out, Route 66, and I wanted to see where I'd grown up in Southern California. So he and I piled in his car. And I tried to get him to drive as much of the old road as possible, but we kept hitting dead ends. Or uh, well, I, there'd be a selection of roads, and neither of us knew which road was Route 66. I'd drive; uh, We'd be driving along, and there'd be a row of telephone poles alongside a road heading off into the desert. And was that Route 66? We didn't know. That led me, after that trip, to start documenting, start researching the old maps because I I wanted to photograph Route 66, but to photograph it, I had to know how to drive it. And Dad's frustration with the dead ends and our, the mystery roads we saw, that, that filled the fire. But I did get him to stop at Meteor Crater and Clines Corners and Grand Canyon Caverns. In 1969, mm. on our last trip, he, we almost stopped at Grand Canyon Caverns. We begged him enough where he pulled off to the restaurant and motel complex right there on 66. And this is near Peach Springs, Arizona. And we go in expecting to go underground there. And they tell him, no, the, the the entrance is one mile down this road. Okay, we got back in the car and left because he was not going to go one extra mile off of Route 66. <laughs> the cavern had been right there. We would have spent a couple hours in him, but he was not going to drive one more mile off that road. It was like pulling teeth. Now, we did do a trip in 2010, and we stopped at everything, and he made me drive all day and wouldn't stop until late, and we visited with everybody. He gets it now.
0: That is a wonderful thing. First of all, here's another source of envy, and I mean this from the heart. I'm only Mm -hmm. a few years older than you, and my dad passed away back in 1984, so we had no such opportunity to make a a trek like that. What fun that would have been. You have to do the things you want to do with whom you want to do them while you still can. You're a living example of
1: that. That's right. That's Absolutely true. But you have an additional gift.
0: I'm sorry, you were saying
1: I was going to say, my mother passed away the same year that I moved to Oklahoma and bought my gallery. And she would have been amazed at how much uh, Route 66 people from all over the world visit me. So, like you say, you have to do it when, when you have a chance. People say, what's the best time to do Route 66? I say, as soon as possible.
0: That's right. That's exactly right. Just look at the weather report and drive accordingly or wait until Mm -hmm. you can go. That's for sure. Let's, You know, it's only fair, Jerry McClanahan, you've been a delight to have on the air while we still have a few minutes. Tell us about your gallery. What happens now and do you have plans for the future? And I wonder if you'll ever buy that gas station a block away on the corner right on the route because you've had (laughs) your eye on it.
1: I don't think I'll buy the gas station there, but, it, you know, anything is possible. Uh, the gallery, I uh, look forward to the start of tourist season uh, sometime in about April the 1st is usually start coming through, and I can expect at any time of the day to be here a knock on the door or a phone call. I'm open. Now, I'm not open to regular hours. I have a studio in the house where I do my painting and writing, but... I can be open in the evening or weekend or even a holiday if I'm home. So it's just, you know, it's, it's I never know who's going to visit or from what country. My wife and I just recently published a Route 66 coloring book for grown-ups. It's got detailed pen and ink drawings from Chandler, West Santa Monica. Eventually, we'll do the eastern half. Oh, no, I think that would be... Because We published it ourselves, so I had to deal with the printer, had to deal with Amazon and everything. That's been a learning experience.
0: And your guide, I was going to say, your guide, Easy 66, is in its fourth edition, as a matter of fact, so you are definitely using marketing to your advantage to go with the quality of your work.
1: Yes, it is, and uh, it keeps me busy with updates on my website, and uh, I collect information. For the next position, uh, there's changes on Route 66 all the time, and uh, it's not a static dead road. It's like the Ozark Trail. I mean, it's, well, you could say the Ozark Trail, but the Oregon Trail, that mm-hmm. is a dead highway. Its story has already been told. There'll be no new stories about it. But Route 66, historic 66, is still a living highway. There's still news stories. There's people restoring things like the, uh, the couple that has restored and reopened the launching pad. Uh, diner in wilmington uh, illinois with the gemini giant standing up front you have the uh, people that are restoring the old motels Uh, there's lots of new energy coming into the road there's lots of uh, youth Uh, there's younger people coming into the group 66 associations there's it's, it's a big huge energy from all around the world
0: that energy is very welcome, of course, by the people who still share the entrepreneurial spirit along Route 66. Sure. I admit to a little bit of surprise there, and maybe there's a, a capsule summary of it, but when you have a decommissioned highway, this becomes a labor of love for the people who wanted to remain in the imaginations of the people who drive through.
1: Yes. All of us, basically, on 66, 66- and those that don't even live on it that live in other countries. We write about it, photograph it, and market it. We make a living, but there's easier ways to make a living. We do this because Mm. we love it. It catches our hearts and our imaginations, and we want to keep it going. It just gets under our skin.
0: At the outset, I said it's in your soul to stay. That is absolutely true. And for a lot of people, they hope that they can find something that really gets them you know, that just grabs you and doesn't let go. Uh, a lot right. of people live uh, that life of quiet desperation that Thoreau talked about so long ago. So yeah. when you find something, and then when you have the skill, and you really are, I compliment you highly. Your artwork is wonderful. You recently sent uh, commission. A lot of your work is commissioned. Mostly yeah. it is now. commission work, and somebody had you send a painting down to Australia for crying out loud. Yes. Uh,
1: the one I'm working on now on my easel is going to New Zealand and I've got one I'm working on for Canada. It's so incredible what a worldwide phenomenon Route 66 is, and I'm thankful to be able to meet so many people from around the world because of this little uh, string of faith that connects us all together.
0: Absolutely, and it's it's certainly worth a visit to Oklahoma's section of Route 66, and oh, when you're there say hello to Jerry McClanahan and his lovely wife. If they go to your gallery, how easy is it to find? I'll put that right out there. How can people meet you up close and personal?
1: It's ironic. I tell more people how to drive the route than uh, most anybody, but mine may be the hardest place to find. I'm a block off of 66, and none of the turns are 90 degrees. So sometimes (laughs) I'm standing in the middle of the street looking up the hill and waving at them to direct them to the house. But there is a map. On my website, there is a map in the easy guide, and my phone number is in the easy guide, and on my website, and people just call, and I'll tell them how to get here. And your website is? McJerry66.com.
0: McJerry66.com. Yeah,
1: just thank Jerry Jer- McClanahan, and I left off all the unnecessary hard-to-spell parts. Beautiful. Jerry
0: McClanahan, I can't thank you enough for joining us. It was wonderful visiting with you today.
1: My pleasure, Gary. Thanks a bunch. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky representative co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue of American Road Magazine. Until next week, drive safely and dream well.